Welcome to Not Another Football Podcast, the football podcast by fans for fans. What is going on, everybody? We are your hosts, Greg Curtis and Mike Champagne, and this is episode 20. Uh, we would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, uh, and give a, and give a shout out to uh, Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated having their 107th birthday, Founders Day, uh, on the 9th. Uh, did you celebrate in any way, Greg, or did you uh, just let it pass like another day? You know, I... <laughs> I kind of just let it pass like another day. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, our days usually pass in, in Madden days more than they do differentiation of like reality right now. Yeah. Monday through Friday always just seem the same and you just wait for the weekends now, but even the weekends go by too fast. So just going to complain about everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I won't complain about though is this past weekend. I thought the super wild card weekend was a rousing success. I, I really enjoyed having uh, slates of games on, on both days uh, and then kind of capping it all off with the college football championship that I'm sure you didn't watch. You know, now that you mentioned <laughs> college football championship, I watched um, maybe like three minutes of it in total. Hmm. Um, I'm shocked. That's a lot for you. Yeah. It went about exactly how I thought it would go. Alabama winning, um, crushing it actually. You, JP, and I kind of talked about it this morning, and I've talked about it with Cam as well. I'm just kind of over college football until they get a governing body that that makes sense of schedules and allows players to benefit from their likeliness and their names and, and all of that stuff that goes with it. I'm just kind of over it. There's not enough parity. There's the same three or four teams making it to the championship every year. Um, so un- until something changes, there's really not much in it for me because the NFL, in my opinion, it just seems like a new team has a chance to win every year, or there's a surprise team that gets in the playoffs or I forget the stat, but I think it's like three or four teams that make the playoffs the year before don't make it the next year. So it just kind of seems like there's more parity between teams. And even though, you know, you have a a team like the jets who are terrible, they snuck out two wins at the end of the year. So it truly is any given Sunday, a team can be beat, but you don't get that in college football. And and then on on top of everything else that, you know, I just mentioned about college football. I think that's why I've, I've really just focused all my attention to Sunday football games. You know, it's interesting that that's quite a far cry away from uh, some conversations that we used to have in college. Um, I remember you used to tell me that one of your your uh, ambitions was to attend a college football game at, at each of the top ten biggest stadiums, um, and you wanted to go with with I think it was me and Cam at the time. Um, and I remember talking about how how fun that would be. Obviously, that that reality is quite different now, but. Um, would you, would that still be something that you, that you'd look, look, look forward to, or are you just so over it? You might as well just, just do NFL. I would, I would definitely still do that because that right there is just like a fun experience to do with, with friends. That, that's something I will invest in. I won't invest my time watching a full day of Saturday football games. Like I used to just, you know, two or three years ago, 
Mm, but oh, I, I, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely happily, um, you know, if, if finances are in and once, once, uh, this whole lockdown and everything is, is better. I would happily go visit some of the top stadiums and watch teams play, uh, you know, like once or twice a season. I think that would be so fun. You can't replace experiences like those. Yeah, true. So let's go ahead and move into our first little discussion of the day. And that is what kind of came as a surprise was the Philadelphia Eagles firing Doug Peterson. How did you feel about that? You know, I thought that was an interesting move on their part, but also one that if you've kind of been listening to the to the backdoor Philadelphia fans, I have a buddy on, on Twitter who we went to college with who often uh, sends me t- stuff about the Eagles. And it, it, it you know, I, I need to get his take on this, but it hasn't seemed as though this was would be a surprise uh, considering how frustrated not only ownership, but um, players and, and folks have been. Plus, if, if you're looking at this season objectively, they're, you know, or I guess their their last couple of seasons objectively, you could make the argument that he stuck with Wentz too long after he already knew that there were, that he was spent or, or he needed to move on or whatever. But um, I'm not sure this, this comes as much as a surprise to, to Eagles fans. But uh, for me, you know, I, I think that he, as a, as a coach kind of lost the team this year. And I think he lost the faith of ownership. And I I think that they're trying to stem, you know, deal with this quickly rather than have him kind of hang around for a couple of years with neither side really liking each other. um, If they were already done this year. So I think that it just kind of is a moving on of mutual, mutual separation type thing. What about you? It surprised me in the aspect that I thought because he won the Super Bowl two years ago, or is it three years ago now? Either way, in the last two or three, it was 2017, that he at least would have bought himself one more year. Like there, there have just been so many injuries and and the the down years, like the past two years with Carson Wentz, that I thought he at least would get one more year to kind of right the ship. Right, right. After listening to Colin today, the herd, he brought up a really good point and it's just kind of been stuck in my mind since in the, in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, I think what they've been around for 50 years or something like that. They only have one Super Bowl, and that was Doug Peterson two years ago. They let him go. They fired him. They fired Andy. And he had a winning record. They fired Andy Reid. He had a winning record. They fired um, Chip Kelly and he had a winning record with them. And I understand each of those coaches at, with Andy Reid, you can say, oh, well, he couldn't, he just couldn't get him over the hump. He took him to a super, like one or two Super Bowls. He took him to NFC championships. You know what I mean? So it's, it, yeah, he's still a good coach and clearly he, he's gotten it done in Kansas City. So you have these other teams with stable organizations. And Colin mentioned the New York Giants who gave, Coughlin X number of years before finally firing him. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me that you have these, what seems like unrealistic expectations of consistently being a Super Bowl team when Mm -hmm. that has never really been part of your history Mm -hmm. other than the Andy Reid years. Mm -hmm. So in that aspect, I want to say that it's a good job because you just hear the name Philadelphia Eagles. You think of a really good franchise, especially in the Northeast. 
in that division, they've been around football for, you know, so long. You're just like, okay, yeah, that's, that's a good organization. But then you take, you start peeling the, the layers back and you're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have enough time to get the job done. What if I go in there and within three years I'm winning, but we just haven't won the Super Bowl. Now you're just worried about your job every single year that you're going to get fired when I, I just don't know if those are realistic expectations. I'm not saying it's a bad job. I'm not saying it's a good job. I'm now starting to just question it from a front office standpoint. Uh, I think it would be a tough job because of cap space, the ownership, and then now with the roster, I mean, you just have such an old roster. There's There needs to be a lot of rebuild. So I think that one to me is a tough one. They're coming in looking for a head coach at the, I don't want to say the end of this. No one has, I don't think any team has hired a new coach that uh, is out of one yet because people are still being let go. And I think teams will just wait till, till all the teams are finished to start hiring. But I don't know, man, I'm, I, that one just kind of really, uh, really threw me for a loop when it came through yesterday on yeah. Monday. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. They're an interesting ownership. That's for sure. Let's just start off. I guess we're just going to start off this podcast with some, with some drama because there's always drama in the NFL in some sense. And that brings us to Houston with Deshaun Watson. So he's been really upset with ownership because they haven't consulted. And it's not that the fact that they haven't consulted with him ownership went to him and said, Hey, we'd like your opinion. We're going to come to you about GMs and coaches. And they never did. They just hired a new GM and that's what really ticked him off. They didn't even uh, interview Bienemy, And that was the one person he was just like, Hey, just at least talk to him. I'm not saying you have to hire him. Just talk to him. I think that is completely fair for, you know, your franchise quarterback to ask like, because at the end of the day, I mean, they can trade him in a year or two and be done with him. So you, you're not going to base your coaching hire off of any player. That just that doesn't make any sense. But humor the guy and just talk to him. Reports came out today that they have requested an interview with Bienemy, but they waited too long, and now they have to wait until the Chiefs finish their uh, playoff season. run. Yeah. Yeah, which honestly, I mean, if they go all the way to the Super Bowl, that's still another month from now. So if they don't choose him or if he chooses someone else, you're losing out now on other potential candidates who could go to other places. So I just think they've really screwed this one up. And did you hear the rumors or the talks with Chris Mortensen about how he Deshaun Watson said that he will lift his no trade clause to get traded to Miami? No, I didn't see that, but it it, it makes sense. I mean... Yeah, I that would be a that wouldn't be a bad landing spot. I mean, it would be fan, I, no matter what would ha- if that were to happen, which I doubt it will, because it just doesn't make any sense for Houston to do it. Or oh, let me they're in the that. same they're in the same conference. There's no way he's going to the NFC. I, I hope. Well, it it would make sense in this aspect. They could get a the Texans could get a haul of picks back, which they need. They have like no picks they need to rebuild. So you would uh, automatically get a quarterback in Tua and then a, a ton of draft picks. So in that sense, yeah, it makes sense. But overall you, ha- I don't think Tua will ever be Deshaun Watson. So like you're automatically losing there. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then I've stated my opinion on this before draft picks are always unknown. You have no idea how they're going to turn out. So if I was Miami, I, I would I would send it. I'd be like, oh, this is what we'll give you. Uh, 
and and put the pressure on Houston to do it. But at the end of the day, it, Houston's in the driver's seat. They don't have to do anything. But I thought that was very interesting that he is kind of at the point where he's like, trade me. Yeah, but I think that we've been uh, we've been seeing this since last season with when O'Brien – really, it was when O'Brien had uh, personnel management and he, and he got rid of Hopkins. You know, that – there was – I think it was Schefter or one of the NFL insiders was saying that the anger level at that point was like a one, but now it's now it's a ten with everything that's been going on and how disrespected he's felt and and throughout most of this process. And it was interesting to see Andre Johnson come out, um, a, Tex- a Texans legend, to come out and and tell him to that he should put his career over over the organization. I thought that was pretty powerful uh, as well. Um, and I think it really speaks to the to the the struggles that the Texans ownership have had. Um, for a long time uh, and, and with decision-making and, and it's unfortunate for, for players who have been um, uh, all, all stars and, and world-class players who have gone through there, like, like JJ Watt, who, who won't haven't, haven't been able to achieve a higher ceiling because of the ownership of their team. Yeah. And if you were JJ Watt based off of everything that's happened this year in the last couple of years, you're at the end of your career and, he is not in it for the money. You can tell he's just a competitor. He wants to win. He wants a Super Bowl. I know would a you, team. Would you ask for a trade if you were JJ Watt? Yes, hundred percent. And I think he's he's given so much to that town, not just of himself, but like of his career. That at some point, if he wants to be enshrined in the way that he should for the type of the caliber of player that he is, he's going to have to make a business decision whether or not he stays at that organization or if he, if he goes and chases a title. And I consider that incredibly different than other players who have left or demanded trades because they weren't starting or they just, they won't, they were just chasing a ring. Um, To me, it's, it's, it's different uh, in in his situation. So I, I, I really think, and I would love for him to, to, there are a lot of teams that would benefit from a player of his caliber. Who's the team you were mentioning? I think I know who it is. I just think any team would would just benefit from a like a player of his caliber defensively. There's so many. You were thinking of the Ravens, though, weren't you? Of course. So next up, we have Mike. I'm going to let you take this one over uh, and discuss the Medal of Freedom with Bill Belichick. Sure. So this this past week it was a really brief. Uh, news blip, depending on, on how much uh, of your your news sources overlap. But the President of the United States offered Bill Belichick, not offered, but uh, wished to present Bill Belichick with the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, and Bill Belichick declined to accept this, this really prestigious and rare award. And I, I just think that uh, for Belichick to do something like that just uh, is is stands testament to the type of person that he is and, and his steadfast belief in in true democracy and the way that uh, the political system should work. And it was just nice to see uh, a, a public figure take a stand like that without much hesitation, um, comparatively to so many we see today who take quite a while to respond to things. Let's go ahead and let's recap the super duper <laughs> wild card weekend that just took place. So out of the six games that happened um, on Saturday and Sunday or last Saturday and Sunday, what was, I guess, maybe the biggest surprise 
to you. I mean, I shouldn't even say biggest surprise because I think the biggest surprise to everyone was the Browns upsetting the Steelers. But other than that, what was I guess was what was your biggest takeaway from the wild card weekend? I have to. I mean, come on. As as shocking as it was to see that happen to the Steelers, I, I couldn't help but laugh the entire time. Um, <laughs> from the from the first snap to the the final kneel down, I was I was chuckling to myself. Even when it got close, I was just <laughs> I was chuckling. Um, but I guess beyond that, just the absolute return to earth of the Chicago offense. I think that, you know, there was talk almost last, last week about um, Trubisky, you know, getting an extension and being kept around and, and all this stuff. And and I think he, he just, he came, he Icarus flew too, too close to the sun and he came back down to earth and my, what a, what a, what an awful showing from a, from a team offensively. Uh, and it's nice to say that as a Ravens fan, having seen some really, truly terrible, offensive performances how about you who did you who were you most surprised by um other than other than the obvious of course you know i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say real brief real quick i'm gonna jump on the ravens for today in the aspect of not the fact that they won not because of lamar i'm most impressed with the ravens defense the fact that they held derrick henry who rushed for over 2,000 yards, who was my offensive player of the year, held him to 40 yards on 18 carries, I believe it was. Yeah. Lowest total, I believe, of his career. So that to me was extremely impressive. At one point in the game, his longest rush was eight yards, and you thought – I kind of thought to myself as a fan or just watching the game, okay, that's going to get him going. Like he, He was one person away from breaking that. But that was that was his highlight of the day. So yeah. I think that was huge for the Ravens. Um, big going forward, and let's see if they can take that momentum into next week against the Bills. But I think their defense definitely, for me, won the weekend. Other than the Browns, yeah, yeah. I think my my favorite play of that game was uh, Deshaun Elliott uh, delivering that third down hit um, to the tight end um, and knocking the ball out. That was fantastic. I thought that, that was just perfect. Um, it's a good one. Um, if you're looking at, at this this last week, what did you think of the the Rams? The Rams coming out over the Seahawks, since you know you were all about letting Russ cook. Like I said last week, I, that game really could have gone either way, and I think a lot of people uh, felt the same. Like, yes, from a standing standpoint, that was a um, it was an upset, but because it's a divisional team, it it really could have gone either way the fact that the rams with with all the injuries put up 30 points i mean i have no idea how they did it with uh wolford going down and then um goff coming in that pick six was huge i mean i just i think as as much as i love wilson and we've talked about metcalf uh during this year the fact that he had a, a temper tantrum on the sideline because he's not getting the ball enough. And that's, that's not the first time he's done that this year. Yeah. And it's not the first time he's done that against the Rams. I'm just like, you are falling into another deep another category. Receiver. Yeah. And I, I hate that, but it's like, I understand you want the ball. I understand you think you can contribute, but you have one of the, 
you have maybe the best corner in the game lining up against you. And he is just doing his job better than you that day. And I understand you're frustrated, but at the same time, it's just like, you need to put yourself aside in your feelings and do what's best for the team. And if that's, if that's blocking him, when they call run plays, you need to do that. And they, they went to him and they tried forcing him the ball and it, it was a pick six. It went back. So I'm just like that right there is why you don't give in to diva wide receivers and try and force in the ball because yeah. everyone knows you're going to them. Everyone knows that he's upset. You want to try and get him going. Yeah. But you just have to do it smart. You have to do it within the game. I want to talk about the Bucks for a minute. Okay. Okay. Do you want us to call up Cam right now? Can we phone a friend so they have some defense or what are we going to talk about? We are now into the playoffs. So I predicted that they would win, but I said that they would win big. Maybe that was just me wishing and being foolish. I don't know. But I just I here we are, wild card weekend, and I here still we are. I still have no idea who the Buccaneers are. It, <laughs> Tom Brady has thrown for uh, over 200 yards in I think like four straight games. A win is a win especially in the playoffs, you will take it. Like, I don't think anyone will complain about getting a win and moving on in the playoffs, but you beat a seven and nine team who was on a third or fourth string quarterback who didn't play at all this year. And you won by eight. And I understand it's like, (laughs) Oh, well we had no film on him. We, we weren't sure what to expect. You guys are 11, five. You guys are a better team, especially defensively. There's no reason why that game should have went back and forth. It should have been a shootout. So that's why I couldn't say that game was surprising to me because it it left me once again just being like, I don't know what to expect. This is these are the same Buccaneers we've seen. <laughs> Poor Bucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's they they continue to be a, such a such a, a question mark because you don't know what you're gonna get week in, week out in, in, yeah. When you're questioning wins, it, it really like, it says a lot about a team um, when you, when you're questioning wins and it's a lot like when people point to stats uh, looking at like the, the point differential and saying how awful the, the Browns were. And yet here they are having beaten a team who everybody knew was, was not as good as them and everybody knew didn't deserve the record that they had. And so I, I guess, I don't know, you know, it, it's the difference between stats and, and watching with your, with your eyes. Right. Stats will only tell you so much, but yeah, you could you could say a win's a win, but uh, I have some I have more questions and answers going into this than I do for almost any other team in the playoffs right now. And you know what? Let me go ahead and just apologize publicly so it's on the record. When you asked before the Browns Steelers game last week, who do you guys have? And I scoffed at you as if the Browns had any chance of winning. I would just like to formally apologize, Mike, and. I'm sorry for making fun of you. <laughs> wow. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate I, it. I need to eat that one. When it was happening at one point when they were up 28-0 or 35-10 or something like that, I just like thought to myself, man, I, I owe Mike a, a really big apology. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had no idea. <laughs> That's great. I, I don't think anyone did. I mean, so, but 
But did you see Pouncy Pouncy announce his retirement? If it's true, man, I, I, oh, that's that's a tough way to end your career. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move into this upcoming weekend, the divisionals, divisionals baby. Starting on Saturday, we have the ten and six Rams at the thirteen and three Green Bay Packers. Who are you going with this game, or or what are you looking forward to in in this matchup? All right, so I'm glad we're getting down to the teams that like you know people start to really care about. You can you can go a little bit deeper than just talking about like oh who you think will win and stuff like that. So in this game, I think it's it's the records are all thrown out, right? Being being playoffs, but. I think this is a very unique matchup in the sense that the Packers and the way that we've we've thought about them and talked about them as being kind of a soft team, um, they showed against teams like Tennessee that that they could they can get they can get bloody too. And so I'm very interested to see how that style of play meshes with the Ram style of play, which also tends and I've I've commented in the past um, as also being soft. So I'm interested to see how these two teams go head to head because with with players like Aaron Donald, you know. The Rams will also get down in the trenches with you, and so I'm very interested to see how this how this plays out. Um, and I think people are in for a much better game um, than we than we think. Um, but I'm going to give give the edge to the Packers here, uh, simply because Aaron Rodgers is, uh, in, in my opinion, the MVP of the league this year, and I think that he gets it done because um, he's just he's that guy. And um, very much looking forward to this game. What about you? What do you think of this game? On on paper, to me, I think it sounds better than the reality of the game will actually be. And that's because I think the Rams are hobbling in. If they're not at full strength with um, Aaron Donald, I just – I understand that they are, I think, what, the number one or two defense all year with takeaways, yards, yeah. game, all, all of that. Aaron Donald is, is such – a big catalyst and the reason for that in the middle, putting the pressure on the quarterback, stuffing runs, defensive player of the year, every single year type player. But I, I mean, he's got what fractured rib cartilage or something like that. Like, dude, that sounds extremely painful. And especially being in the trenches where you are getting hit on your body, every single play. I'm not sure. So it's like, I understand most teams would probably take a, a 80% Aaron Donald on their team over nothing. But like you said, against a, a dude and a team as methodical and as good as Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have been, it's, it's an uphill battle. Now I will say Devonte Adams has been damn near unstoppable all year. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, intrigue and I will be watching the Ramsey Adams matchup during the game because just just say that he takes that Ramsey takes Adams out of the game just say like it it's just neutral he does what he does will the rest of the people offensive players receivers be able to make the plays against this Rams defense Hmm. will the run game be better. If Donald's not in, I think there will be a bigger emphasis on the Packers run game and their backs out of the backfield. I agree. And during the, during the regular season, I really hope that, that uh, AJ Dillon gets some more, some more carries. I thought he was fantastic to end their season. And so I'm, I'm very excited to see what he can do again. If Donald isn't in there, I, that's, 
you know, AJ, AJ can, can be that hammer to, um, their other back, uh, awesome back being Aaron Jones being their, uh, uh, scat back where I think he shines a little bit more. Yeah. I, honestly, I think this game might come down to the run games and with Dylan Akers is ready. I mean, he's put the Rams on his back the last couple games and what he did against Seattle last week. Seattle's defense has been no joke the last couple weeks of the regular season. So I think he put up over a hundred and I want to say 40 scrimmage yards last game offensively for the Rams. So I think he'll have a huge, a huge day. Oh, not also not to mention or not to forget Cooper cup. I know he's dealing with, uh, I don't know, some bursitis somewhere. I think it's on his leg or hamstring or something. And he is Goss go-to their offense is so much better when he's healthy, when he's playing. So unfortunately they're just limping into this game and the green Bay Packers are not really the team you want to do that against. Also, you, you obviously want to be as healthy right. as you can in the playoffs, and it just unfortunately they don't have it. You think their luck runs out here? I uh, I wouldn't say luck. I just I just think that Well, you're right. Does this think this is the end of the end of the line for them? I do. Yeah, it was a good ride. It was a good ride though, while it lasted. This is something we didn't talk about that I wanted to with the Steelers. So the Steelers last game or last week sat some of their starters week 17 going into the playoffs. I think that hurt them a lot with how, how their offense has struggled all year. Do you, do you think the Packers and I guess let's just talk about this with, with both number one seeds. Um, do you think that the buy in the layoff be hurts both of the number one teams, so the Chiefs and the Packers. So yes, the Packers, yeah, 100%, yes. yeah, they played all of their starters week 17 and then got the buys. So they only had one week off. The Chiefs sat Patrick Mahomes and some other starters week 17. So they had that week off. They had the bye week the next week. So now they're playing three weeks later. We know how some teams perform. The Packers have in the past have uh, struggled and they've lost the Giants. I believe it was the, the the Colts, the Colts as well. Yep, the Colts, and then the Ravens last year. Ravens last year sat their starters week seventeen, had the first round bye, and then came out extremely flat and lost. So, I, I think the Packers did this right by playing. I mean, they still needed to for that number one seed. Do you think it will have any effect on them? Just the rust. I know how buys are with momentum. Do, do you think that they start out slow and the Rams can capitalize, or do you just think it, it's nothing for them? No, I, I I think that the I think that part of the reason I think that the Packers game will be close is because of the buy, uh, closer than people think because of the buy. I think it'll be the Packers trying to come back uh, and get in the game. Um, and I so I've long been I've long had suspicions of that buy and not wanting it. Uh, the Ravens have never won a Super Bowl. Uh, when they've had the buy, uh, both both championships coming from wild card games, and I'm a big proponent of uh, momentum. And in, in even looking at last year's Ravens, uh, when we went 14 and, and, and two and, and got the and got the buy, I remember thinking to myself, if we get the Titans, I think we'll lose because they're going to have momentum coming off this win against the Patriots, and we did, and we lost. And so um, I think that we we proved this year that um, not having that momentum 
can be detrimental. Uh, and sure, small sample size of, of two years, but I think you can extrapolate it to the uh, other teams that you've mentioned to have won um, the championship. And I think that you'll see a lot of wild card teams um, can benefit from that momentum. And and that's again, that's that's not to say that teams like the Chiefs can't overcome that by because um, I believe they had they've had them in the past. And and again, uh, when they won their championship, I think they had a buy. So I guess we'll see, and we'll see against the Browns. I think it's a really good, um, really good way to to kind of uh, as as a Ravens fan, I'm very excited for this game uh, to see how the Chiefs react to a run heavy team uh, before we have to see them. So plus Andy Reid got off the bye. So so next up we have. Did that Ravens. answer your question? I want to be sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, we can talk more about it when we come to the Chiefs, but I since since we're on the topic, it's just it's really tough. In momentum, I think some some people really overlook and don't uh, give credit to momentum with teams playing and rolling and, and gelling and and clicking on all cylinders as they should. And it just seems a little bit odd that the Chiefs would sit their starters. I understand it's a it's it's like a fine line between saving your players, not risking any injuries for a meaningless game, but they were struggling like the last month of the season. So it's, we sat all of our people. We, we feel like we're good enough to be able to just turn it on. Maybe they are. I don't know. We'll find out on Sunday, but it, it definitely will be something if they struggle or if they lose that fans in the media will look at and just say, they'll question, was it smart to sit people week 17? I don't know. That will be the age old debate forever. Yeah, I hope one of these analytics dudes on on Twitter or, or uh, in in football do a study on it. I'd like to see the numbers. Yeah. All right. So the other the night game we have on Saturday, we have the Ravens at the Bills. So, Mike, tell us about this game. You know, I, I think again these games are going to be all, all good, but I, I think that Saturday's Saturday's slate of games are going to be a little bit better in my opinion, just uh, in, at least anticipation wise. Um, Cause I think that these are the two best teams in the AFC right now. Um, and I think that it's going to be interesting to see how these teams approach, approach this. I mean, we saw a little preview last year in 2019, um, but I wouldn't take too much against that. Cause it's a, uh, you know, the weather uh, at that game was actually a factor. Lamar Jackson has been quoted afterwards talking about um, the the wind, how it would carry carry the ball. Uh, it's a very tough stadium to play in. Uh, to add to that, this year there there are reports of snow flurries and, and a potential of it being a snow game with um, the Ravens today. Uh, Lamar saying he hopes it's not. <laughs> he doesn't like cold games, so uh, we're really hoping to avoid that. But if it is, you know, I think it'll be another. Uh, run run heavy game and I think that benefits the Ravens. So I'm I'm very excited to to see how this goes. How are you how are you approaching this game? What are your thoughts on it? As soon as we we won, obviously it was just a matter of the Browns Pittsburgh game of whoever won that game obviously to determine where we were going to play. Part of me was kind of rooting for the Browns to win just because uh, from a matchup standpoint, I just really don't think we match up well with the Chiefs. And if we can hold off on playing them for another week, I mean, I guess it would have been nice to play them this week because of what everything I just mentioned with coming off the bye, how they've been struggling. But I'm also like, I don't really want to play the Chiefs off of a bye with Andy Reid being, you know, pretty much unbeatable. So it's kind of like a man, if we were going to play them 
the first, you know, the, in the divisional round would have been when we wanted to. So I'm kind of like, dang you Browns for, for winning, but also thank you. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword there, but I think we match up the Ravens. Match the up. Browns win though. Whatever. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So I think the Ravens match up very well with the bills. I, I really do as, as much as, Allen has been the talk of the season with his progress, the, the progression and the passing game and, and just overall being a better quarterback and the weapons or him and his connection with Diggs and Beasley. And now uh, who's, who's the new guy that's been stepping up for them. I forget. I forget his name, but I really do think it's going to come down to Wait, receiver, like Beasley. Yeah, it's their third receiver. I forget who it is, but it doesn't matter. Um, I, I really think it's going to come down to red zone offense and defense. The Ravens defense has struggled. They're about middle of the pack, middle of the pack in the red zone. And the Bills struggle offensively and defensively. Talk about John Brown? No. Just get let's just move off of it, Mike. It doesn't No, matter. I think that it's important because I think the Bills are, are are a team that deserve deserve this respect. It's not about respect. I just don't remember the name, but it's Gabriel the, Davis. Yeah. The Bills struggle offensively and defensively, breaking towards the end of the league. So it's it's who's gonna who's gonna be able to make the plays um, once again, and then also and I kind of talked about it last week with the strength or how it was gonna be with the Ravens against the Titans. Both teams struggle against the run. Bills more struggle more with running quarterbacks than they do with just stopping the run. Period. Um, as they've struggled with Cam Newton this year when they played him twice, and then also Kyler Murray when they played him. So we'll, we'll, I guess it will come down to and see, obviously, who will make plays in the red zone, which it sounds pretty basic, and then who will have the better run game. If the weather is as bad as the news is predicting and, and what it's supposed to be right now, you would think that teams would lean more towards you know, the, the run um, and it definitely bad weather always favors the offense always. So I don't know. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this goes. Um, I think Ravens will win this game, not just from a fan standpoint. I just think that I think they're clicking right now and they're rolling and Lamar Jackson once again, will will kind of be the difference maker, but uh, it's close. I say Ravens by three. Yeah, I think that's that's a. Do you know what the do you know what the betting line is right now? I think it's Bills by three and a half. Hmm. But but don't quote me on that. I just think you know I uh, one of Nayara's. Um, I, I have a really good friend who's a Bills fan, and it's been interesting watching them closely these past couple of years. Um, I, I'm very nervous for this game. I think that they've been playing some great ball lately. Yeah, it'll be a really fun game to watch. So, yes, but. Uh, overall, Saturday, um, Saturday's match games are are better than the Sunday games. Agreed. So, Agreed. Let's get into them, I guess. Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk about the team that shouldn't be here. No, I'm just kidding. The Browns. <laughs> the Browns at the Chiefs. So we we've talked about it a little bit. Chiefs have been struggling towards the end of the year. They're coming off some of their starters haven't played in two weeks. Do you think that that will be a bigger impact than what we're making or is it a legit thing or 
or just what what are your takes? Do you think the Chiefs are just just too good for the Browns to to stay in this game? No, I think this is a legit thing, and it depends on on if if Cleveland has enough of their starting secondary healthy. Um, I think that it, it could go one of two ways. Well, no, I'm not even going to say that. I as much as I want to want to cheer for the Browns, I, I wonder if. Again, guess it goes back to this. It, it depends on if their their secondary is back healthy after these these COVID um, scares. Um, because if they're not, I don't think they match up well against the Chiefs receiving. Um, and so I I still have the Chiefs in this game, um, but I think that the Browns could win. Of course, um, they have every they'll have several opportunities, but I just don't think they get it done this year. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on there. I think the Browns run game and how efficient they've been offensively. Well, and now that Stefanski is back and they should be at full strength offensively, uh, given if there are any more uh, positive COVID tests. But I think their their run game will do enough to take away one or two possessions because from the Chiefs, because, you know, they're. The defense is not going to play the way that they did last week against the Steelers. They were one of the worst turnover or uh, takeaway teams in the league. Their pass defense of the Browns is one of the worst in the league. And then this is this is a a very telling stat to me about just how bad the Browns defense is. Last week they had zero sacks on sixty eight dropbacks. Wow. And I'm just like, okay. I understand Pittsburgh gets the ball out quickly and all of that, but you have Miles Garrett, one of the top two or three defensive linemen in the game, zero sacks last week on a team that had to pass, had to get back in the game. That is a pass rusher, a, that, not even pass rusher, that is a defense's dream to just yeah. be able to pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. The fact that they had zero sacks, I'm just like, the Steelers have a good O-line, but the Chiefs have only given up 22 sacks all year, which is like third best in the NFL. So if they couldn't get the pressure last week when you know the Steelers are passing, I don't see that they're going to do it this week. So I, with all of that, the the Browns can make it interesting, like I said, with their offense, but their defense is not going to be able to hold up and it could get ugly in the second half. Yeah, that's a great point. A lot of great points. So last game of the weekend, we have the Bucks at the Saints. We So it's the third time they've played this year. Well, it will be the third time they play this year. Both games, the Saints have just beat down the Bucks. I don't even remember what the score was of the last game, but I think uh, it's been erased from the internet because it was just that embarrassing. What was it like <laughs> 42 to nine or something like that? The Bucks only had like four, four rush attempts for the game. Disgusting. I think the Saints win this game. I think it's a better game than what the, the previous two have been. Sure. It's beating, a third time. Third time's a yeah, charm, right? Yeah. Well, beating a team three times in a year is just, it's, it's tough. It's, it's really difficult. Very, very uh, tough. It's the playoffs. Teams just play harder. The Saints' track record in the playoffs, I've talked about this before, is so suspect that I don't fully trust them. But coming into this game, I think that they are the better team, and I think they get it done. And 
I don't think that this has been a bad year for the Bucks at all. I, I really do think it's yeah. it's what people expect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I coming into this year, I thought they would go ten and six, nine and seven, and make the playoffs as a wild card. Uh, and they exceeded my per, my personal expectations by going yeah. 11-5 and making the playoffs. So, I don't know. This is one of those games where if the the Buccaneers do win, I won't be surprised. Yeah. And if they get blown out, I won't be surprised. So, <laughs> I guess I, I guess there's no way the Bucs can surprise me in this game. So, we have that going for me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the, welcome to the gray area, right? Uh, there's a lot to be said about both teams. That's for sure. Yeah. So w- what are your thoughts? I, I really just, I love how the bucks have played. Um, I think that they've, they've, uh, again, I think they've, they've gone above expectations, but, but I do think, uh, I do think the Saints are just a little, little, little too stout on defense. And, and, you know, for, for all that, that playing the third time, adds up to being, I really think that, um, you know, Drew Brees having potentially announced his, his retirement for, for good might, might have the team playing a little harder. Plus with, with getting healthier towards, towards this part of the year, I think that, that the saints have a, um, a real good shot um, against this, this Bucks defense, but I think we, we have said it has been a little suspect, but again, credit to them and credit to what they've done this year. I think that, uh, I think you said it, Colin uh, Coward said it, Cam said it, I've said it, you know, they've, they've, uh, met, if not surpassed any expectation of them this year, uh, for being year one in, in this new project. Yeah. So it looks like Cam will be able to wear his Tom Brady Jersey one more time this year. Yeah. Do you think he, how many years is he there for? I think he'll go too. So this year and next year, next year, and then he's done. Then he's done. Okay. I think, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's proved this year that he can, he can still do it. What do you think? How do you think this year has been? If you evaluate just him? Oh, I think, I think he's exceeded everyone's expectations. I don't think anyone thought he was going to go there and play this well. Um, But I mean, I guess you went from a new England style and the weather to something like Tampa Bay where it's nice all the time. So his body, <laughs> you know, his older body yeah. is just not doesn't have the aches and pains as it normally would. Like I'm sure it still does, but the warmer weather I'm sure helps it out a lot. Yeah. 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 Fair. Out of the remaining eight teams, what do you think would be the the worst case scenario? Super Bowl matchup. This is such a great question. Um, I think because, worst, yep, go because ahead. we all, I think we, sorry, I'm to jump in real quick, but I think we all know what best case scenario would be what everyone wants to see. We've talked about it on this podcast. I see it online all the time. It would be a Kansas city versus Packers Super Bowl. I think that would be the best case scenario. I think that's what the NFL wants. I think that's what the fans want. But what would be the worst case, the worst Super Bowl that the NFL and fans could ask for, other than those fan those teams' fan bases? Hmm. Maybe the Browns Rams. Dude, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you gotta hear why. You gotta hear why though. Okay. All right. So so for me, it's because too many. I've so, 
social media has been such an interesting perspective into uh, sports commentary and the way that people kind of send subtle jabs and like uh, different comments and stuff. And, and from what I've uh, derived, especially from, from, you know, quotes from uh, several different sources and, and, and through social media and so on have kind of indicated that there are personalities in the media who have built entire careers off of how bad the Browns have been. Because let's be honest, they've been awful for so long. And I just think it's hilarious that people building careers off a team being bad and people are now questioning what happens if they're good. If the Browns make the Super Bowl, those narratives again become so, even if they lose, like it's a lose-lose proposition to have those narratives. Um, And then it, it just kind of, it deflates the entire argument that people allegedly have built careers over. And on the flip side, <laughs> with Los Angeles, uh, I mean, not only is is win or if if they win or lose, I think the narratives would be different, and the way that they would be approached would be different. Particularly uh, with McVay not being able to win Super Bowls if he loses two, and then you know, a team in a new place winning a Super Bowl so quickly uh, after they've built this amazing stadium, and I just. Uh, beyond the X's and O's, I think that's hilarious. Um, but when you when you get down into the the ways that they play, I just think it's strength against strength, um, and you know a strong run game against a good defensive front. And I think it would be low scoring, tiring, and two smart coaches, and people would just be so bored by it. Uh, and and they've added two extra minutes of of commercials to the entire thing, so I think it's ridiculous. But what about you? That's why I think it would be quite the game. So I, I think it would be the worst matchup or the worst outcome possible because I mean the the Browns are the Browns. So I guess there's the there's the feel good storyline of that from the Browns. But overall they're just not that good. They they have progressed and I'll give them credit. They're they're good enough to have made the playoffs. Realistically they should have lost last week. So like this shouldn't have even been a, a discussion. But they're like that one team that that pulls the upset in March Madness and that keeps winning, but they really shouldn't be in the final four or the elite eight. And then it's just not fun. And although everyone always wants, they say that they want the upset. They they want the Cinderella's. You see the viewership. And it's just not there. People, people aren't interested in that. They're, they're really not. I'm interested in upsets for first rounds, but anything further than that, I'm like, no, I want the best teams playing. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the Rams, I think that they've just been so bad offensively this year that it, it could struggle. They could struggle. I understand it's a LA team and it has the glamor and, and all that jazz and McVay is the, one of the hottest young coaches. But we saw this in the Super Bowl two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. When they had a better offense and a worse defense, mm. and now now it's switched. They had the better offense the year that they went to the Super Bowl, and they only put up, what, three points in that Super Bowl? Six points? So I'm just like, they're they're worse now than if they would have went. Um, so I, I really hope we don't – I really hope we don't see that. I'm sorry if you're a Browns or a Rams fan, but <laughs> even for me as a Ravens fan in the Super Bowl, I want to see Packers Chiefs. I really do. I think that would be a lot of fun. 
So that brings us to the end of our 20th episode. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much for for listening, everyone. Can't wait to come back next week and and wrap up the divisional round and and send it to the AFC and NFC championships. So thank you again for listening. Please subscribe and leave us a review and follow us on social media. You can find our handles in our description and we'll see you next week. Peace. Later. Have a good one.